You are listening to the Extraordinary Events Podcast with Dr. K, episode number 11, Evaluation Stories. Welcome to the Extraordinary Events Podcast, where we aim to educate, inspire, and empower individuals who wish to design transformational experiences. Now, your host, event education champion, Dr. Kristen Mallett. Hello, hello, my friends. Today, we are going to learn through storytelling. We're going to talk about evaluations. And while this sounds like a boring word and potentially a horrible lesson, it's truly how I found my niche and started making the big bucks in the event industry. I'm going to split this podcast up into three main sections. Evaluations before the event, during the event, and after the event. Even though I do have my PhD, I promise I won't geek out too much with research nerdiness or throwing around terms like quantitative and qualitative and different data analysis methods. I'll mostly share stories of real-life experiences that have happened to me while planning events. So what exactly are evaluations before the event? Typically, this can include attendee sentiment and finding out attendee feedback on your programs before they're actually locked in. Let's jump into stories. One of the medical associations I was hired by had been having their annual event for over two decades. Over the previous five years, they had been pretty stable between 1,000 and 1,100 attendees. After being contracted, my first job was to analyze all of their evaluations from the past three years. What I found was 10 open-ended questions that amounted to 387 pages of feedback that no one had ever analyzed. The questions weren't well written and the feedback was not useful. I decided to start fresh. About six months out, I simply sent an email saying that the board was looking to analyze the event and I asked questions about everything concerning the format. These were questions similar to, did they like the current five-day format from Wednesday to Sunday? Did they like the city? Did they even like the location? What was realized was that the attendees didn't like the five-day format over Wednesday to Sunday. They actually wanted a four-day format from Monday to Thursday. Not only was it cheaper for us to not be on a weekend in Las Vegas, but we also didn't have to pay for a fifth day of the conference. It was a win-win, but would have never been realized if the right question wasn't asked. Your attendees want to be heard. They want to know you're listening. So often we send out surveys and people fill them out and then their answers float around somewhere. I believe one of my strengths in marketing was taking the evaluation one step further and then telling the attendees what they said and then what we were going to do about it. I would send out emails every couple weeks reporting back what the attendees said and updates to our conference format based on this feedback. When I would ask for further feedback on schedule, feedback on programs, feedback on breakouts. Without incentives, I would have over 80% response rate, often across different companies, because attendees felt like we were listening. In reality, they were actually helping to co-create their own conference experience. And then something miraculous happened. For that one conference, word of mouth spread, and in that one year, the conference that had been at about 1,000 people for five years grew to 1,600 people that year. I'll save 
all the fun issues with that problem and the venue layout for another podcast. This isn't just for existing conferences either. Last year, I was directing the planning efforts for an inaugural conference for a local group. They had originally anticipated a small local conference, maybe around 40 people. What happened was a conference with 130 people from six states. Through email ahead of time, asking for constant feedback on the program, on the topics, on the schedule, we use these as opportunities to engage these potential attendees. I mean, that's really it, isn't it? What we're talking about is not just evaluation, it's using evaluation for engagement. So often when we hear engagement, our minds automatically jump to social media marketing campaigns or being live at an event or online. You can definitely have engagement via email if it's done right. That makes me think of a survey question I often include, which is, what is your favorite band or favorite music? Then I create a custom playlist for the main stage with all of these bands. Attendees at the event are just walking around or waiting for a session to start, and then they hear their band and automatically connect with the conference. Oftentimes, they don't even remember they gave you the band many months ago in a survey. Evaluation is not just surveys either. When we're on site, we can be intentional and take the time to walk around and listen in. I would have student volunteers or interns walk around and make notes of what they were hearing during breaks. I would also personally walk up to tables during lunch and thank the attendees for coming, explain who I was, and ask for their feedback so far. I remember at one winter conference, I distinctly remember it was so bitter cold. When I was walking around during lunch, two of the attendees had said they didn't drink coffee or tea and wished that they had hot chocolate. Now, for those of you listening that maybe haven't booked food and beverage before, when you actually order tea from the venue, you're not actually paying for the tea. You're paying for the gallons of hot water. So I simply asked the banquet captain if we could put out hot chocolate packs in addition to the tea. They agreed and added them. I then went back to those attendees and told them I added hot chocolate and hoped they were able to stay warm. Both of those attendees thanked me profusely and the simple act showed up in both of their post-conference evaluations and in an email to the executive director. It was actually a simple thing that cost the organization no money and made such a difference in their attendee experience. These are things that are simple fixes, but we would have never known if we were not asking for real-time feedback. Other examples. Hmm... At several conferences, we would do on-site evaluation through social media. People are brutal on social media when they have opinions. If you set up your conference materials with a strong hashtag or handle and meet the attendees on whatever platform they're currently using, this can be quite effective. Some planners shy away from this because they simply don't want to know, and then by the time they find out after the conference is over, it's too late to fix it. I embrace it in real time. I would have an intern or employee dedicated to monitoring the social media on-site at the event and responding to attendees. Not only does this help with engagement, but then we can fix problems in real time. Although, I would be remiss to not mention the number of comments I've read about temperature, a never-ending battle in a large convention space. 
I tend to shy away from those standing kiosks that just have the five different smiley faces that you push. I hope you all know what I'm talking about. I distinctly see them in every airport bathroom. Not only do people push random faces all the time because they think it's funny, but it doesn't actually tell you any real information. Okay, so 50% of your people have said they're not happy. Why? You don't know why. You don't know how to fix it. You don't know if it's personal or conference related. You don't know if it's food or speaker related. It's just not useful information. Okay, now post-event, the dreaded survey. Surveys that are often written so that 80% of the questions tell you how amazing you did, 10% ask about potential areas for improvement, and maybe, if you're lucky, two questions asking for suggestions for future speakers or topics. Feedback that is often looked at by the board and is either used as some kind of preliminary start point or just discarded altogether. Then, by the time the conference rolls around in another year, it's now seen as outdated and you have to start new anyways. My advice? Think about your evaluation from a marketing standpoint. This is actually where you get your marketing. Yes, you need to know the stuff you should fix. But is rating your current food on a scale of 1 to 10 going to be useful information for you? And really, is that the last thing you want the attendee to have in their mind about your event? Besides, you know your food and beverage will be down to budget and chef's choice next year anyway. Why not utilize the power of reflection to ingrain key moments in your attendees' brains? Why not ask attendees what their favorite memory of the event was? Then you can include some of these quotes and memories from attendees on your webpage as you market for next year. Or ask your attendees the one piece of information they're going to take with them from your event back into your job. This can be used on promotional material as potential attendees are asking their bosses for budget to attend your event. Or ask your attendees their favorite quote from the event. These are all amazing things that can then go straight into your marketing material directly from the mouths of your attendees. Last Tuesday in the podcast, we talked about objectives. Clearly, you want to make sure your objectives are covered if they are needed in your survey or post-event metrics. This way, you can determine whether your event was a success or not. By the end of your event, your evaluation should really tell a story, the overall story and experience of your event. This leads us beautifully into our Thursday podcast, which is one you do not want to miss. I will have one of my good friends, Frances, on the podcast, who's an expat living in Paris. She's a fabulous experienced designer who focuses on storytelling, narrative design, and immersion. This will also lead us into next Tuesday's lesson on vision boards and storytelling. Well, my friends, I hope that this was a surprisingly delightful episode for you. Thanks for clicking the link and giving it a listen without assuming it would be extremely researchy. As always, thank you for taking the time to make the time. I'll talk with you Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Extraordinary Events Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode.